What's up, guys? It's Hard Rock Nick, one of the richest men in the world, and welcome to Phantom Unchained, the show you're too scared to tell your girlfriend that you watch. Quit your crying, put on your big boy panties, and let's get this show on the road. P.S. Beavis is my baby daddy. Hard Rock Nick, the fuck. What's happening, ladies and gentlemen? Austin here with FTM Alerts, and it is my great pleasure to welcome all you beautiful bastards to Phantom Unchained, episode number 22. With me, as always, my wonderful co-host, $24, Double Sharp, and Justin, fresh out of the shower, Beavis. What's happening, boys? Nothing. <sighs> so uh, I think Hard Rock Nick broke our original stream. I don't know what's going on. I was like playing the intros, and all of a sudden, the software started telling me that uh, that we broke it. So anyhow, here That's we are. Good. Hopefully, hopefully, you guys got the. Got yeah, the could you guys stream. get the word out? Um, there's some people waiting in the other stream. Just quickly drop them the new link. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. We uh, I, I put a new link in Twitter. Hopefully, people see it. Uh, yeah, because we need you guys to troll the stream today to get those comments up on the side. And I actually, so I, I was actually, so my brother-in-law's. This is going to sound weird. Wife's old roommate works at YouTube, and he hit me up and he's like, "Yo, let me help you out with your YouTube channel, dude, because you are a real amateur at this shit." And and dude, that is <laughs> he, rude. No, he ain't actually said that. Really, what he said is you only have 25,000 or something subscribers and you should have over 100,000. And it's because of these things you're doing wrong. And he said, one of those things, the thing that like makes me cringe so freaking much is I, I really need to ask people to like the videos and subscribe like, to the channel. Comment, subscribe. So, so do me a favor, like and subscribe to the channel, even though it makes me feel like an absolute shitbag bag to ask like, you that. Okay, cool. Oh. We get it. Let's go. <laughs> so uh, the, the the community is in a weird, weird place. There's a lot of like uh, polarization going on, I guess is one way to put it. And we're going to discuss these topics today and we're going to discuss them. Uh, what I'm going to try and do, and I hope you guys will do the same, um, is try to keep it factually based, right? And so what I thought we would do, if if anyone here on the screen starts to go down the emotional rabbit hole. Uh, what I'm gonna ask everyone that's watching this is to do me a favor, use our safe phrase and put the safe phrase in the comments. And the safe phrase is fanties drop panties. That's what it is. So <laughs> if if any of us start to go off off the beaten path, just put fanties drop panties. And that goes for everyone on screen too. I'm looking at you, Beavis. We, we'll definitely be screaming about panties at you. Dude, if... what? <laughs> just... I never get emotional on here. Are you I'm kidding me? Kidding. No, I'm just kidding. All right, so uh, on that note, Let's get into it. I think actually what would probably be best, uh, since the first topic is the one we're going to take a look at for a little while, a bit of a hairy situation. Uh, let's look at the facts. And so the facts that I want to look at real quick are, 
Oh, I closed my Discord. Uh, I want to open up the Tomb Discord real quick, and I want to read to you guys the Tomb announcement, which I think was part of like the catalyst to send everyone, you know, mm, I don't know. A lot of people lost their minds. So let's just talk about that real quick. And let me just pull it up here. Do, 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 do. Okay, cool. So let me share screen with you guys so you guys can read along with me as well. We are. Okay, sorry. I should have been more prepared. All right, so let's take a look at this real quick. So really the, the part that I want to talk about is the part that started getting people wackadoodle, which is uh, the forking and all of that. So uh, I'll start here. So fast forward to 2022, and I find myself in a position where there's a new mission. Web3 will still allow you to use internet aliases, avatars, and handles. He was talking about anonymous teams earlier. Uh, but authenticity and accountability will be the features that are built in. Um, I'm pleased to announce that I'm working with Mosaic Security to form a new cyber division. More information about this effort will be provided later. And uh, it says down here, part of Tomb's mission is to give back to support the Tomb and Phantom ecosystem. We will help Mosaic identify and take down scammers and bad projects. It's come to my attention that there are many Tomb forks out there, which we all know there are, and that many rugs and scammers are trying to profit off of the success of Tomb. So if we scroll down a little bit, we get to what I think is the part that really set people off, which is, with that being said, effective immediately, uh, we have removed Tomb Finance from GitHub and are upgrading our license to the same license that Uniswap V3 will be using for licensing Tomb Finance, smart contracts, etc. Even though the code was purchased with the MIT license, when I purchased the project, the amount of garbage that had been created from a public repository is unacceptable. Additionally, this means we'll be going after every fork with the full force of the law and when necessary with law enforcement. We will identify every fork of Tomb that has been created since I took over Tomb Finance. Okay, so let's discuss. Um, who wants to, who wants to, so I'll kick us off. Just, I, I wanna start with some facts. So um, Mosaic is a real deal company. Uh, and so mosaicsec.com is their website. If you wanna go check them out, uh, there's a gentleman who's the chief operating officer named Daryl Blocker, uh, who was up for CIA director under uh, Biden. And when I was in Abu Dhabi, we all went and hung out uh, at the Four Seasons, and I got to hang out with Daryl. Uh, he was there, and we shot the shit for a little while, and he was a very, very cool guy. He is a part of Harry's Wait, crew. are you a glowy, Austin? What's a glowy, dude? <laughs> a glowy is uh, like the um, agent, a, a CIA social a plant? engineer. Uh, yeah. See, I, I have like a decade on on. Well, mm. double sharp. You and I, we can hang. But like the rest of y'all, I got like a decade on. So I don't know these terms. But all right. So so I will say mosaics the real deal. Um. So and and then he says he wants to take down scammers and bad projects. So on, on the one hand, uh, it sounds great. And on the other hand, my question is, who decides that? Like, who is the arbiter of who is a good project or not? And so it sounded like like if, if a company was trying to protect their IP, like if somebody was using your creatives and your marketing materials to promote their own project, that's one thing, right? Because they've stolen your designs and stuff. Um, but uh, on the other hand, there are tomb forks out there that, that forked the code under the MIT license, which we can talk about in a second, which legitimately allows this, I believe, um, and are not using the Tomb creatives, but that are still being gone after, right? So they don't really fall into either of the categories, which would give legal recourse. And I I'm interested to know what you guys think about this. 
Now, I think Double Sharp is probably going to have the best stuff to say about this, but I have one question to front-run him with. Um, because the MIT license basically says, I am free from any liability for how you are using my software, if he swaps license licenses and there's all this software that's getting people wrecked out there, can he potentially become liable for that? I'll leave that to you, um, I mean, I'm definitely prefacing it with I'm not an attorney. I don't actually <laughs> what? But, but the I mean, my understanding of them am I of just license so part of what this sort of reminds me of is the um Elasticsearch AWS dispute where like it Amazon would let you run an Elasticsearch server and Elasticsearch didn't want you to do that. They changed the license and the way that Amazon responded was to fork their old code, relicense it, and now they, there's like two versions of Elasticsearch. And so you can't like retroactively change the license. So you can't do, say like, actually it wasn't MIT, it was actually this, and now I'm suing you all or, or whatever. Um, so you could change the license at a point in time, and then all of the code going forward would be under that new license. If somebody then copied your code, so on and so forth, um, you know, then they would, they would be stealing licensed code from you and using it, and then you would be able to sue them. If you are using this code, and this is where my understanding is a little bit less clear, but I think if you are using the code and it's not licensed in that way, like you now become liable for for that code. You can be held liable in more more ways, but um, I'm not totally sure about, about that. So I have a question um, that I'm hoping you guys can give me some feedback on. So like, in what way could Harry have gone about this to not outrage the community, right? And, and I don't want to say outrage the community, and I want to be very sensitive that, like, I realize there's a big division here, right? So I want to I want to take both sides into consideration. I think that's, like, the best thing we can do on this show is to try and bring everyone back together here. And yeah. so what I, you know, I, I obviously saw the same screenshots everyone else did with, like, cussing and talking about people's <laughs> mom and stuff, right? We all saw that. Um, and awesome. um, so... The, the kind of the ethos of crypto, at least in the way that I've seen it, is crypto is for everyone. We produce these good ideas, and then somebody else comes along and builds on top of those good ideas to further enhance that good idea, and that's how we grow, right? Now, UniV3 came out with what, to my understanding, a completely new custom platform that they licensed in that way up front. So it could not be forked. Nobody's going to get their code without proper licensing. Um, with without the ability to fork code, though, we lose the ability to innovate on what has been done before, right? I mean, that's I'm just spitballing here, but how could he have gone about this? Like, if he had come out and said, "Okay, we don't like the the amount of forking that's going on with Tomb, so we're going to close off our GitHub to prevent that from happening in the future and leave it at that," right? I mean, would that have caused the same uproar? Do you guys think that, that was um, reasonable? I'd say so. Like doing something like that's yeah. totally fine. It's just the problem it, for for me or for everyone else. It's kind of unsettling when a billionaire main project lead kind of goes for projects in their Discord is is messaging. He probably could have just taken it down because he's right. There was uh, there was a lot of scams out there in terms of uh, tomb forks. Uh, I, one on Avalanche that I was involved with. So he he has a small he has a point, but you're right. The way he went about it was just not not the right way. I mean, it, it didn't come across as professional is sort of how I look at it. And it's sort of like there's many different ways to break this down because it's not it's not like art is was 
you know, was the way that he went about it the right way to do it if there are uh, scams out there or if there aren't, like they're, they're two separate topics, like whether there are or aren't scams is irrelevant. And I do think it's it's good to have somebody who has the means to like look into things that are sketchy to do that, but to like blanket accuse people and say you're going to dox them and stuff is a little a little too much, I think. And, you know, I think he was like trying to make jokes about it. And it's, I'm also like totally aware that tone gets lost in, in chat and stuff. But I think like, you know, it just wasn't the right way to like communicate that message as far as like, um, you know, publishing code, there's plenty of projects that don't have any a GitHub repository or have a GitHub repository with nothing in it. Um, so that's not like totally, totally weird. Um, yeah. I, I also think it's not really a crypto thing to, I mean, it's, it's more open source philosophy of like, um, and you know, there's, there was like a recent node, some node packages that somebody took down and basically said, like, if you want to keep using this, you should pay me. Um, and so there is like some conversation going on in that, on that side of things about like who should be allowed to just use open source code if they're not contributing to it. Um, but like part of the idea there is that why reinvent the wheel if somebody, if there's a piece of code that somebody's going to do without like have to write a thousand times, why not make that a, an open source library that everyone can benefit from? And then you also get the benefits of finding bugs in it, innovating on it. Um, and then that applies to crypto too. So with any sort of new technology, a lot of these teams are really small. So you in some ways can get benefit by making your code available so that other people can look at it, find bugs in your code, maybe make changes and launch a new project that gives you ideas about how to improve your code base. So it's, it's sort of two different things. Like there's, it's a collaborative code kind of thing. Um, and then there's the, the crypto side of it. And as far as tomb goes, I mean, honestly, people can still fork the tomb code that was available under the MIT license and run a scam. So like making it not public means they're just not going to be able to use the new stuff that it's not, it doesn't like prevent people from forking old tomb stuff. Yeah. And the thing is, is, there's not going to be like, there's not going to be any iteration from what, like (laughs) from what I've seen, it's like, you know, one it's basis cash. It's not tomb. Okay. You can see JTAS down there. It's like, it's not his code to license, first of all. Like, it's it's literally a cut-and-dry basis cache fork. Maybe he's licensing the FTM hard-coded address. Uh, well, it would be – I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that he's – any of their, like, creative stuff, the front-end stuff. Any the front-end like, stuff. They make. But, that's what I agree with. Like, yeah. I think the key to preventing scams is keeping the front-end a little closer to your chest – Unless the whole point of your software is to fork and use, like, the smart contracts, one, people are going to see anyway. Two, people can reverse engineer them pretty easily. Uh, Three, like, you need them to be public just for people's safety. But it's like, the front end, that's what's making it so easy to fork. Because all these people are just reskinning the front end. And it's kind of like a filter. It's like, if you don't have a skilled enough team to re-engineer this front end uh, or integrate with the smart contracts that are publicly available, then you're not allowed to fork this. Uh, and I, I think that's, you know, just minify your front end if, if you're afraid of that. Keep the smart contracts open source. Keep them 
you know, being iterated on and explored by by good teams. But literally, the only reason people are doing this is because you can use the front end repo to spin yeah. Tomb up super fast. Um, so, I mean, at this point, the cat's kind of out of the bag. It's all going to be anon teams, you know, um, and all of these tomb forks, I'm sure, don't have minified front end code. So the the site can be ripped over and over and over and over again. Yeah. Oof. Jeez, nice burp, too. <laughs> so um, there's like it, it's 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 an unwinnable battle at this point, and I think mm-hmm. um, the way that uh, it was handled belies kind of a misunderstanding of how open source software uh, works and propagates, um, and kind of a misunderstanding of I think the market and the industry as a whole as far as development is concerned. Um, so I think like. Like, literally, he could have not paid attention, not mentioned anybody, warned people of scams, told people he was going to close the front end because of all the scams, not mentioned any names. And we and all know basis cash. Yeah, exactly. The, the investi- like, we know basis cash, okay? He could have said nothing, and it, the problem would have taken care of itself, you know? Um, yep. And it's like... The investing, like teaming up with like CIA uh, affiliated <laughs> security firms. And what makes me nervous is like, okay, I'm a positive actor. I'm trying to support the Tomb ecosystem. I'm trying to support him. And now I've been to the conferences. He can probably access my personal information. And he's teaming up with like CIA affiliated guys. And it's like, bruh, like, what well, you, you are only hurting uh people like that's that's literally it and and you see like the market action when he mentioned all these projects people were like oh shit we can get into you know xyz yada 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 and then it was just like oh well he he basically shelled it like to his 50 plus k followers like and and you're right this as a whole for DeFi, that's that type of behavior is just not good like people like, want to feel safe with their anonymous profiles, whatever it may be, and the code, yeah. like you said, it's on FTM scan. <clears throat> and you are right; the familiar front ends, it, it's probably what people kind of gravitate towards. Oh, I know this, I know this site. So yeah, pull that sort of information. Obviously, people can still rip it, um, yeah. but you need to increase that barrier. And I completely understand that, and and go for the scabs. But to target a project that you probably didn't do any research on. You know what I mean? Like their their contracts are announced. Uh, the code is a straight fork from Tomb. It yeah. was just odd. You know what I mean? Um, and it's unsettling. It's a billionaire who's in the Discord talking about someone's mother getting stuck in the air. Like to me, like if I have bags in Tomb, you saw the the price charts. Like it's like whoa, I gotta. That was guy's a little. It's, I mean, I, that's what I was saying. I think he he he. I mean, I'm totally speculating and and probably giving him the benefit of the doubt. But I think I mean, there's been a lot of drama lately. I'm sure he has lots of funds tied up in lots of things that were moving around a lot. He's also a person and I think he probably just kind of went a little like went a little too far and got like carried away with it, started making yo mama jokes. And I'm yeah. I'm sure I'm just, the, the the things that were being said to him knowing this space, I am sure were way worse. I'm and sure I they do were not blame him for getting cash way worse. Like 100%. like we're seeing his screenshots out of content <laughs> context. <laughs> But literally knowing this space, like I can only imagine what was being said to him. And it's like, I get it. Like there are kind of two camps in the crypto world. There's the Dow camp and then there's the corporate camp. He resides firmly in the corporate camp. And the main difference there 
and it, it reflects in every aspect of operations is fiduciary responsibility, you know, because he's trying to start like a real corporate business and manage a hedge fund. He is responsible to make as much money as possible. And so he's got a, you know, strategist and they're thinking, how do we stop these, these forks? They're taking our IP, they're hurting our customers, they're sucking all our customers away in sort of a semi-malicious fashion. Um, how can we prevent them from uh, kind of propagating uh, their, you know, vision or whatever the hell? Um, and yeah, uh, they just, it, it's just a misunderstanding of how DeFi functions. Um, and it tells me, uh, you know, Mr. Harry, you need to maybe have a DeFi native advisor on your team and you need to maybe listen to them uh, like big time um, because that's the shit like you can't do in this space. Like forever, he's kind of going to be defending against this particular action um, and people just needle you, needle you, needle you, needle you and never, never, never stop. Um and it's like, bro, yesterday I was telling people to go outside and people were like using it as like me being some kind of like ivory tower, like dickhead, as if I wasn't inside working all day. <laughs> you know, it's Dude, like, I enjoyed the images. Like, bro, I look my... outside and there's a fucking pavement. Okay, I get it, guys. But, um, <laughs> yeah, me no, and, me and nice Georgism page. are going to uh, start the Georgist DeFi collective and uh, we'll all collectively own the land of the metaverse. So I have a concern that I, I want to share with you guys in that. So what I inferred from the message about the anonymity mixed with forks and, and the message I think a lot of new people are getting is that anonymous forks are inherently bad. And this is problematic for DeFi and it's especially problematic for Phantom. Uh, nice lighter, bro. Um, and it, it so when we started FTM Alerts, none of us knew really what it would be, but what it's turned into is we're trying to give a soft landing to new developers coming on Phantom while at the same time exposing the community to those developers, right? That's that's a pretty clear mission as to what we're doing. Yeah. If people believe that they, A, cannot maintain their anonymity for whatever reason they've chosen to have it, and B, if they, they are launching a fork, um, that they're going to be attacked for that, that makes us an unappealing network to launch on. And I just want to, I want to share some things for the people in the back, right, who may not be familiar with how a lot of this is working. Um, Beethoven, anonymous team, fork of balancer. Liquid driver, anonymous team. Sushi V2 fork, curve VE model fork. Scream, anonymous developer, compound V2 fork. Spooky swap, anonymous developers, uni V2 fork. Geist, anonymous developers, Ave Fork. Now you guys can come out here and say, well, those are trusted developers, but they had to have the opportunity to become trusted developers. You have to give people the opportunity to prove that they are trusted. None of those would exist with uh, anonymous fork bad mentality going on. And so that becomes a very, very big problem in the DeFi space from my perspective. What do you guys think on that? He did add an asterisk, just so you guys know. He said, except those tomb forks that have use cases. I thought that was completely odd because I still don't know what tombs uh, use cases, but go ahead, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but as developers in this space, I mean, am I off base in saying that? I, I, 
Justin, you've taught me that there's very good reasons for developers to be anonymous from a yeah, security. and basis cache is literally the reason. Like it's it's funny that all this is happening because what set the precedent of developers need to be anonymous is basis cache because you had the basis cache team that was developing this project totally doxed out in the open, saying this is what we're doing, this is our mission. Literally, the basis cache team which is what Tomb is. And they got shut down by the government. They got threatened by their governments. They had to not deploy. And then they just open sourced their software and hands off, um, didn't touch it again. And it's literally basis cache. This is the, if you like go back to when we talked about this before, like this is the reason developers need to remain anonymous until they have kind of the clout to kind of come out in the open. It's either... It, Take on VCs, have a team of lawyers behind you, have a ton of like money that maybe has you know weird intentions behind you, or it's you remain anonymous until you can build a power base and build a customer base and build reasonable um, like history to say to a judge, this was all in good intentions, this was all for the purpose of decentralization, this is all good, um, and this is all for the sake of the community. Uh, and until you get to that point where you can have enough history and there's enough paper trail where you can say this was all in good faith, um, then you're just like there's no point in in doxing your identity. And I think like that is why what you do is so valuable, Austin, because you're like, homie, I'm here. I might be a glowy, but there's a good chance I'm not. <laughs> Uh, you know, just just hang out with me on a call and, and let me see that you're you're a good guy. And um, there are a lot of really fabulous anonymous developers, but this space is straight up toxic. Like people will try to get at your not necessarily like their armchair. It's like 4chan guys. So it's like armchair hackers. So it's like they'll get your address. They're not going to do anything. You know, worst case scenario, they like uh, swat you or something. Um, but it's like. They will scare you. Like people will just try to scare you into giving them money, into doing what they want, into X, Y, Z. And you just need to have as many layers of an an anonymity as you feel safe having. And um, a lot of people are deeply, deeply, deeply anonymous, and they still are deeply, deeply, deeply disturbed uh, by the stuff community members spit at them. Um, and it's just like we need to be careful. Like we need to be really careful. And, and Harry Yeh, like throwing this stuff around while also collecting developer information via his conferences, while also collaborating with a CIA affiliated firm. It's like, dude, like I get it. You want a competitive advantage, but your competitive advantage is you have a lot of money. You're a good community uh, builder. Like that's all you need. And, and you have like the corporate edge that a lot of people are looking for. Like not everybody wants an Anon team. Like that's why we have Harry A. That's why Tomb is a billion dollars because people want, like people yearn for that. Um, and he needs to understand that that's his advantage. He needs to run with that. He needs to not worry about what, you know, Anon Jeff and Anon Tim are doing because the people gravitating toward them are degens. They're not necessarily the people he wants in his audience um, or, or in his user base. And it is it, it is liquidity that's not going to stick around in Tomb. So let these Tomb projects come on, let them unwind all of the, the Tomb leverage um, and, and just understand that these things can be tools for you, Harry. Um, and like 
you you can be the best tomb. You can be the best basis cash fork to ever exist because that is exactly what tomb is. Yep. Um, but he, he just needs to focus on him and he needs to kind of stay in his lane and understand he's in the corporate camp. Everybody else is in the Dow camp. He just needs to own this. This is him. He needs to own it. He needs to create something that's investable. He needs to find a way to let Tomb unwind as uh, the emissions close down. And, and he has a plan. He clearly has a plan. He needs to just execute. He needs to not panic. He needs to reach out for help. And he needs to be humble. Um, and I think that's like the most All right. important thing. Panties like, drop panties. Panties having... drop panties. Hang on. Panties drop panties. I have like a little bit of a counterpoint to that, which is like I do I, – I also see that um, while Phantom is getting larger, it's not the largest network. There's not you know the same number of people on, on Phantom. And so if a lot of projects end up being scams, then that turns people off of – the, yeah. the network, which turns people off of Tomb and Harry's projects. So I, and in other projects, and I mean, that's partly like I have an interest and I think Austin does too, and everybody to not have scams beyond Phantom. I, I don't have a problem with like him having a team that like looks into forks to make sure that they're legit or like wants to do a call with them or, or yeah. whatever. I just, I would, like I was saying earlier, I would do it a little bit differently. I don't think like it came across as really threatening and then, kind of i think he tried to like lighten it up and it came across as i don't know if it landed but like i i don't think it was handled the right way but at the same time like there is a danger with anonymous teams because they might not be legit and people don't do their research and they do throw their money in and then they are just going to blame phantom um so like you know it, it does go that way also and then i saw somebody talking about one of the forks who's I mean, I have no, I don't know one way or the other. And I know very little about it, but that the um, lead developer is a teenager. I started programming when I was a teenager. I happened to work for financial services companies. Um, that said, I probably would not have invested in something that I was the lead developer on because I was working with people who are a lot more senior. Bruh. I consider yeah. myself a good developer. So, and this isn't meant to be a knock on on that developer. They could also be like super awesome and like, and like you know totally legit but they might not be like i have no idea and i think that's sort of that is part of the danger so i think in general i think i can't run a business people need to be more cautious and think about what they're doing and like be investing in a a project where the the lead developer is however old is like totally fine just make sure you're doing it like with that in mind yeah, so I've heard own choice, you know? people are throwing Josiah's name out there. Are they just doing that because he's the one developer they know that's young? He's not yeah, involved exactly. in it, right? No, that, he's dude, not he's at not, all. He's, dude, I don't he's think not. it's just happens to be and a, especially around to, the like, call age. him a scam. He, like, the kid's not a scammer. He's he's a decent kid. He he did some stupid sites that probably didn't survive very well. But, like, I don't I don't think... Bebus, can you help me out on this? I know he's really active in, in your Discord. Oh, he's like, yeah, bro. He's not, been, a, he's not a bad I've kid, right? I've been mentoring Josiah forever. Yeah. It's like, um, you know, there's it's it's a kid doing like class projects, you know, and yeah, like after everybody involved stuff. was fully, fully aware. Uh, and anybody that wasn't, like, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely was not like paying attention you know yeah it would be like it, it, an obvious like teenager ass like thing happening you know um and it's like it's just a kid that's learning and i've i've lectured him top to bottom about 
you know, the danger of tokens and, and their power as social engineering tools and what happens when you release a token and, um, you know, all of the safety considerations. But that is definitely not a bad actor. That is just a kid that loves DeFi a whole lot um, and, and wants to learn how to do it. And, um, you know, uh, that's that's all that is. It's like the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen targeting a kid. Um, and, you know, he's literally like at, at this point, like, you know, he's kind of been taken into the bosom of, um, you know, well, I guess our our company and some some other um, DeFi groups uh, and just like, hey, Josiah, just shadow us, you know, see what we're doing. We'll give you tasks as they become available. Um, that's actually that was sort of what I was saying earlier. Like that's like just talking about like my own past when I said <clears throat> I wouldn't necessarily invest in a project where I was the lead. I would definitely invest in a project where I was working on it and even like, you know, yeah. a major component of the team. But just like I, I can just think back to like the things I didn't not even related to finance, just about programming and you yeah. know, scaling and things like that. Um, there's definitely people who are smarter than me, though. So this might be one of those people. But, um, you know, like talking about Josiah, like that's or, or somebody like Josiah, like that's the kind of thing where I think. I mean, I, I did that a little bit, you know, there's hmm. definitely teenagers who are very capable and pairing them with people who have a little bit more experience um, yeah. is usually the right way to go. Just, I mean, I'm talking about my own experience. Like I worked with people who were CS professors and stuff when I was a teenager and they, when I'd be like, oh, why, why do I want to do this instead of this with an object? And then they would tell me, and then I would, that's sort of how I learned some of the more complex stuff about computer yeah. science. Yeah. Experience is so important. Um, I think when you're doing a project, it's like in, in architecture, there is what you know, you know, there's what you don't know, you or what you know, you don't know. And then there's what you don't know, you don't know. Well, that's and life, this bro. is where you get <laughs> this is where you Shit get everything. This is where you get dinkled in the back end. And um, like the more stuff in this. Uh, section, uh, the worse the dinkling is going to be. And in DeFi, that dinkling costs multiple millions of dollars. Um, so any 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 time you hear about, you know, really young kid, X, Y, Z, uh, you know, definitely walk in the other direction because, uh, well, you know. Or, just, or I don't necessarily say, well, I wouldn't say walk in the other direction. I would say, like, make sure you're just keeping that in mind. Like, I wouldn't throw your life savings into something. Yeah, just use your yeah, due like, diligence. And, so, like, and and also, just to be clear, if somebody forks a, a project that it does work well and makes some changes to it, and they they know enough about programming, like it's entirely possible that they made a completely safe innovation um, on this project. But you know, I think there's it's definitely something to keep in mind that there's like you do gain a lot with experience. Maybe yeah. I'm just saying that because I'm getting old. But you know, I'll, well, I'll say something quick right. about Josiah. Are you two seventeen-year-olds in a suit? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I worked with Josiah. He's he's a he's a good guy. Um, I just I, you guys read that Medium article. Apparently, every miner who develops on the blockchain is Josiah. Apparently, yeah. To this, he invented to this Rary guy. Capital too. Just so you guys know, he's uh, yeah. He's done he's so much. That was just that was ridiculous. I saw that. I thought that was dumb. But um, I want to just bring it back to Harry real quick because um, I I, I want to say some positive things because I hope you guys understand. To me, what I think. Harry's role in our ecosystem is and what he's clearly been trying to do for Phantom as a whole. And he's just trying to lower that barrier to entry. Like you guys mentioned earlier, um, 
Phantom doesn't have as many users as other blockchains. Obviously, the market cap is not as high. And I've noticed with other blockchains or other um, blockchains or ecosystems, it's easier to kind of get into it. Solana for the retail investors, whatever it is. And I think that's kind of Harry's role. He's I hate to say it, he's like he's like many of us. He's a he's a big bag holder and he needs exit liquidity and that's an asset to anyone who holds Phantom, right? He needs he needs to pump Pinnacle Phantom pennies. up, right? So uh, it's a it's a positive thing. He's trying to lower the barrier of entry by stopping the scam, stopping all the stuff people are scared about investing into. Yeah. I like that. I just don't like the your mama stuff. Just, yeah. All right, yeah, let me let me, let me divert us divert us a little bit off of this topic here. So uh, just real real quick, guys, for anyone asking about a 2OMB, however you want to say that, uh, interview, if, if they're underage, it's not going to happen. And um, there's a certain risk threshold that I'm willing to mess with. And anything tomb or tomb fork related is over that risk threshold. Uh, and so that's just not going to be an option. So what I do want to say is this while we end this uh, segment out is that you know, everyone on this this show, anyone that is considered to be a somewhat public figure within the Phantom ecosystem will be held to a higher standard. It is human nature, right? Because they're looked to as the leadership. And so if I, you know, if I were to go into a Discord and start spouting things, I promise you they would be screenshotted and posted on Twitter. Like this would happen because it's just it's i don't know if it's human nature or what the deal is but like if if joe xyz with an anonymous handle starts saying something nobody's really going to care it's just another day on telegram but if somebody you know of starts doing such a thing so we have to hold ourselves to a higher standard and and you know at least from from my perspective you know what i hope to do with the community is to just bring it together regardless of what my opinion on on the topic may be and so er, early on a while back um, I invited, you know, Harry to come on for an interview or to come on for a show. Um, and he declined very respectfully. He said, you know, he doesn't normally do that sort of thing outside of his public appearances, right? This was many followers and subscribers ago though. So maybe he would change his mind. So I would just like to publicly extend that invitation once again for Harry to come join us on this show and share with us his side of this. Um, hopefully you, you could see if you watched up until this point that we are doing our best to like remain neutral in this. We're not, you know, pitchforks and, and, uh, and, and, you know, what do they call them? Torches, torches and pitchforks. We're not that. Harry's a you know? cool so, guy. Yeah. You, know? it, it, you can't discount all he's the cool corporate. stuff that he's done. He's done he's, a lot of he's, cool he's, stuff. He's, yeah. He's executing business for the sake of, you know, a bunch of people that are, you know, investing in him. So it's like, he's not doing it <clears> in, uh, the cool epic DeFi way and a lot of us like chris c might think it's lame but at the end of the day it's like it's a market that exists and it will never not exist and uh us trying to crush it will like 24 said just reduce the accessibility of uh phantom as a whole you know yeah it's like both parties can exist like uh it just it will no matter what I promise you, no matter what, DeFi is going to get corporate, and it's going to get corporate fast. And fighting it and crying and wasting your time is not going to help it. If you want to help it, then you build with the DAOs, okay? That's how you help it. You don't help it by crying. Um, and I love crying. You've seen it. You've all seen it. But uh, it is like the way we fight against the big corporate entities is by making good-ass software uh, on the DAO side. Um, 
And that's like all that's going to happen because I swear in the next year, DeFi is going to get so corporate and it's going to piss all of you off so bad. <laughs> uh, and like uh, just worrying about drama, like drama is so it's such a waste of time. It is such a waste of time. Like I like just forget about it. I like touch grass. That's what someone was trolling me on Twitter and I was in like a meeting and I was like, what am I supposed to say to freaking a troll nowadays? And he was like, well, the thing you say now is you say touch grass because they're Zoomers. So they know. Sorry. So everybody, how about you touch some grass? All right. <laughs> touch some All right. grass. Christy, I want to I want to address your comment real quick here. Saying Tomb is too risky to interview is a bit of a cop out. Not cop in the out. slightest. Uh, or a cop, cop. out. Uh, senior edge platforms, oh. by their very nature, have never, quote unquote, worked. We don't have a single example of that. We have some that are still going, but we never have one that have quote unquote worked. So as the Phantom Network grows, uh, my threshold for what I'm willing to to engage in also grows with it, right? So whereas nine months ago, it may have been very interesting to have certain protocols because we really didn't have them. Now we have them in abundance, right? And trust me, these AMAs stay booked out like a long ways. There's no shortage of that. So... I have to put, like I, I told a project just this morning, no, they were a great project with established developers and they're a DEX with farming and an NFT marketplace. And I told them no, because there was really nothing unique in that for me to feature on an AMA, right? So that's, and it has nothing to do with them. It has to do with where are we actually going with this network? And and I'm one person that's spread pretty thin. So uh, it's not a, it's not a cop out in any way, shape or form. It is what I'm willing to share with, you know, a lot, a lot of people. So I've got to put that up. I'm a huge Signridge fan. I started all of my DeFi development in the Signridge camp, in the Signridge era. I love Signridge systems. I love algorithmic governance. I love algorithmic stable coins. And (laughs) I will tell you, I will tell you, there is nothing that exists right now in the world of Signerage, and I pay attention on Phantom that will be successful. And maybe that's like, you know, a little extreme, but I have studied this shit more than anything else I have studied. And I am a freaking nerd, okay? And I'll tell you, nothing on Phantom right now looks like it will be anywhere close to successful. Um <clears throat> except maybe tomb if harry can pull off the life and fantasy and if he's successful then you know that's impressive in its own right because it will be the only successful basis cash project in history out of like a hundred you know um and all of you people like shilling your your fork bags it's like all you're doing is looking for exit liquidity and if we platform you or if austin platforms you it's just a huge liability. And that's why on Reaper, we don't add this stuff because it's just a liability. Like we don't want to make our users poor. We don't want to give all the early buyers exit liquidity uh, with our users, you know, and, and I know that's what you want. Um, or And if you don't know that's what you want, then maybe read the docs a little better. Um, uh, but yeah, it's just unsafe. And, you know, you all kind of need to uh, understand that. And I am putting, I apologize, but like you need to understand that there's a reason that everybody gets kind of up in arms about basis cash forks because there's a long history of them wrecking a lot of people, Um, a long history. Like the pattern is like 
wrecked, Tomb is the only one. And it has already wrecked people once. And Harry Yeh just, like, you know, revived it. Um, so it's like, just... Yeah, and just, just to be clear, guys, for you guys in the comments here, go look at my timeline. I don't post about Tomb. I don't make videos about Tomb except when they first started because it was an interesting thing. And and Harry being invited on here is certainly not to talk about Tomb. Uh, it is to talk about these initiatives that that he's wanting to throw out. So that's really the last thing I want to say on that topic uh, because they're there. We have look. I have a right to share with you guys the things that are going to give the best return with the least risk. And a senior edge platform is the best return with the most risk possible. That's yeah, just what I've it looked is, at the in architecture, Adrian. I promise you. I promise you. Just I've looked at it. I know. I get it. I get <laughs> All right, it. Let's keep it. Let's keep it going here. So, uh, China, I don't know who wrote this. Twenty-four. Did you write this topic? Or? I don't know. Market Chinese going New down. Year. What is this? I couldn't. I had to find now? something to blame. I didn't know what was happening. I'm like, uh, everything's going down. But uh, basically, it's just the market sentiment. You know, what are you guys thinking? How's it looking like in the future? I've heard some like scary stuff, like, yo, we're gonna nuke to zero from here. Or everything's gonna, everything's just gonna go up, up only. It's interesting. Like, what are your strategies for the market? I know, I know, YouTube developers are kind of not maybe trading as much, but like, <laughs> I haven't looked at the price of Phantom in weeks. So the more <laughs> bearish that uh, crypto Twitter gets, the closer we all to, we are to the bull turnaround. And I was so yeah. I, I follow a guy, and I'll continue to reference him called Dave the Wave. I really like his logarithmic model that he has for for bitcoin and uh he, he posted a chart yesterday that showed the may to what was it may to july correction maybe may to september i don't remember exactly how long the correction was that we saw back in 2021 but it was essentially well it was it was 105 days is what he showed that it was and we're now 96 days into this current correction from the peak of bitcoin uh, now he's calling for us to see between 25 and 30 thousand dollar btc which would unfortunately take a long time. You know, the last part of that nuke takes longer than the first part of that nuke, right? Because there's less sellers, less buyers, and it just goes down slower, which is bad for altcoins, unfortunately. But, you know, for my money, like I'm, I've got my bags where I want them. I'm farming through this. I'm not really worried. I know that the turnaround will happen, and I believe we're in much quicker cycles uh, than, we, than we used to be. So that's it. Yeah. I talked Agreed. to a dot-com bubble guy, uh, who like identified that the dot-com thing was a bubble fairly early on. And he talked to it, like we were comparing crypto to the dot-com bubble and like the dot-com bubble, because information didn't spread as fast because nothing moved as fast. It was like, it was allowed to build up, build up, build up. And then it needed to shed all that fat all at once. Um, and you know, thus the, the cascading failure there. Um, but with crypto, it's like every quarter we shed all the fat, you know, um, and it's like uh, really kind of like we rinse out all the leverage, you know, the RSI goes back to, I don't want to say a safe range, but uh, I'm not a trader. I, you know, I just look for value. I remember when the phantom RSI was like at two, I was like, yes. Um, but uh, yeah, it's <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> so uh, I will say that the, uh, oh God, I'm going to say this incorrectly. I ought to do what other shows do, which is have a shitload of tweets ready to show on this one. But uh, the, the number of, puts in the market currently are at the same level that they were back in 
like, I don't know, some ridiculous time. I think it was like October or March of 2020. Like, and there's very few peaks that we've seen that much of like bearish sentiment in the market, which is really good because the more bearish the market gets, the more, you know, the more we know we're closer to the bottom in my experience. Like that's counter trade the sentiment, counter trade the sentiment. All right, let's keep this going. I want to talk about something that happened uh, this morning, actually. I got I got a DM from a guy who has been around the Phantom ecosystem a while. And he's he's in the King's group. Uh, and you know, I've had minimal interactions with him, but very pleasurable interactions. But um, he put his seed phrase into a, a malicious site and they emptied him for 450k and uh you know he shared his wallet address wanted me to pass it on to double sharp and bebus which i did this morning and and so <clears throat> so here's the deal i want to i want to make a couple of points and then i want to ask you guys about this stuff so your my seed phrase is like it doesn't leave the safe that it's in right <laughs> you know what I mean? there's no reason to pull it out unless I'm restoring a hardware wallet, which is not on my computer. <laughs> That's the first and foremost, right? And it gets punched right into the hardware wallet, not on the computer. Your seed rate, seed phrase, you really don't ever need, bottom line. But when it comes to, so there is a new, uh, there's some, I guess, I don't know what the hell, maybe you guys would call it a Trojan or something like that, but but there's some software that's being sold on the dark web that I read on Cointelegraph yesterday for like 140 bucks that will basically, if they can get it onto your system, it will literally sniff out a MetaMask extension or a Coinbase wallet extension and go somehow extract your private keys, right? That's essentially what, what they're saying is happening. So an unsecured, but anything unsecured online, period, you have to at least part of you has got to think, okay, this is online and accessible. Like, so a hardware wallet's like 120 bucks. And it, it, it literally, now it won't fix malicious approvals, which we're going to talk about later, but it will stop some of the human nature bonehead shit, right? And, and what I mean by that is your, uh, your machine gets infected and it's sniffing out your private keys, but they're not there. They're over here. They're on the hardware wallet. They're not even located on your machine. And so that is like some of the human nature bonehead shit that a hardware wallet can protect you against. Uh, and so, I don't know, do you guys have opinions on this? I you have never have to enter your seed phrase into anything. Like ever, you ever. should be doing like disaster recovery if you're doing that. Yeah, like uh, basically you need to have a, a hot wallet, cold wallet scheme any interaction with smart contracts, any interaction with your computer, any interaction with anything you do with your hot wallet. And then any assets <laughs> you want to set aside or that you're going to save for a while, you send them from your hot wallet to your cold wallet. And you oh, don't okay. touch, I don't touch my ledger, it stays in the safe. I don't touch my seed phrase, it stays in the safe. My hot wallet, I'm freaking being an idiot with. But it's fine because, you know, if it gets compromised, worst case scenario, someone takes some NFTs that I'm too lazy to transfer to my uh, cold wallet. Um, to elaborate and, on that, are you sending the receipts over? So, like, you yeah. interact and then, okay, that's real smart. Yeah, so, like, I mostly use Reaper, uh, obviously, as you might expect. Uh, uh, so, I just take the receipt tokens I get from Reaper and I shoot them on over to my cold wallet. I do not plug in my cold wallet. I do not mess with my cold wallet. Unless it's like I need to do something crazy because one, I don't want to walk through a billion transactions for tax season. So I let auto compounders or managers handle all that crap for me. 
Uh, and two, it's just like way, way, way safer. And I can sleep at night knowing that if my MetaMask gets compromised, I'm fine. Uh, I can still pay my rent. I can still, uh, you know, dance around uh, all happy on Phantom Unchained. And <laughs> enter With the, weapon. the dark abyss of my So mind. for the, that works if you are just uh, a USDC maxi farming Phantom USDC on Reaper, right? Because you can just send your receipt tokens and done deal. But a lot of a lot of DeFi protocols do not issue receipt tokens like uh, Spooky, Spirit, Liquid Driver, things of that nature. So Yeah, they do. Spooky does. Uh, well, you're talking about XPO? LP tokens. Oh, you're talking about okay. I get what you're saying, but if you're farming, if you got to deposit those LP tokens into the just platform. farm in an auto compounder so, and then send the receipts over. No right. I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. So, but my point being, uh, you can access all of DeFi with a hardware wallet, and there was some confusion a long time back. I ended up doing a video on it. Literally, all you do is use the Ethereum app, which uh, somebody mentioned the Grid Plus hardware wallet. I have one of those. They're freaking cool um and you just change the network in your metamask to the phantom network and bada bing and i do want to tell you guys i set up a couple of um private rpc nodes recently uh one with quick node which i wasn't really impressed with and one with chain stack which i thought i was pretty impressed with uh the time seemed to be very very quick so for anyone that's getting jammed up in high traffic times using the public rpcs like you can get pretty decent rpc uh infrastructure for like 90 bucks a month which is well worth it if you're able to execute a trade or two quicker. Yeah. And Poopy butthole is confirmed five foot six. <laughs> Poopy butthole confirmed five foot six. Said, Yo. Shut up, Are they talking guy. about you, Justin? No. It's oh, the guy in the do right. It's like, bro, 24 is like six eight, dude. He doesn't need to sit up straight. 24 is, is a, he's six five. Legitimately. 24 is six, like six twenty. No, oh, he's, like he's not lying. You know the posture. I can't count. All right? Dude. All right? You got me, brother. <laughs> Dude, so they're being have, ableist right now. I So get a hardware wallet. That's all I wanted to say about that. Um, get a hardware wallet. Don't we, we need to talk about freaking DataDAO. That has been a fucking nightmare for me and Justin. Let's or me talk and, about it right like, now. Literally, if you know what DataDAO is... Go to unwrecked.fi, that's hyperjumps, go to dbank, revoke your damn approvals, because right now we are getting front run for the White Hat rescue. So right now there's a guy that is sniping all of these people way faster than we can, and I don't have time to compete with him. Um, so straight up, like, you know, we've saved like 30 grand or so, uh, but it's getting to a point where the Black Hats are getting using better tech than us and having better setups because they're just sitting down working on this attack all day. We have fucking jobs. You all need to revoke your approvals ASAP. And if you know anybody who has ever mentioned DataDAO, tell them to go to unwrecked.fi and remove all of their approvals because they are at risk nonstop. Literally, if any MIM, USDC, or DAI touches their wallet, it is going to get stolen. 100%. So if you know anybody in DataDAO, tell them to stop because until there are fewer people uh, on the approval list or on the at-risk list, we can't even distribute these funds back because, you know, what do we do? We, we right back out. Yeah, we, we switch them to like Dola. I, I thought about, you know, using 3Curve or My or Dola or some approval that's not at risk, but um, then we send it to people's wallets and they don't know what the hell is going on. 
tell your friends, please, if they know what the hell DataDAO is, go to unrec.fi and revoke those approvals, please. All right, let please, me give some please, context please, please, to please, this please. real quick because I think we just kind of went, we just please. shot bullets here. So there was a project yeah. called DataDAO, which I had to kind of catch up to this later. So apparently what they did, and correct me if I'm wrong, guys, they sold NFTs. They sold the NFTs not for Phantom, which would require no approval, but for an ERC-20 token, which does require approval. And that was USDC, DAI, and MIM. And what you did is you granted it unlimited approval, which unlimited approval is is kind of industry practice because it's just easier than doing constant approvals. But um, if you bought one of the NFTs from DataDAO, which I think were called computer parts or something like that, uh, then something they went in and they swept all those wallets that gave them approval and sucked out their USDC die and MIM and uh, the the Justin's Justin squared has been in the background trying to white hack this money out before the black hats can get to it and they'll give it back to the people that made these dumbass approvals or not dumbass I shouldn't have said that made approvals and are now getting hacked but uh, but here's what's going on the approvals are still active people have not gone and revoked access to this, which means any USDC die or MIM that hits your wallet is just going to get sucked right back out. And and the exploit is public sucked. now. So it's not just the data DAO guys now. It's other people that can can and go in and take your money. This was a good we're attack, doing, we're too. Doing this, we're doing it all backwards, but I'm going to go one step back because the question that Amir just asked and explain how approvals work. So for an year, not for, for FTM, not for ETH, not for like a native token, but for an ERC-20, you can grant it approval, to, grants another contract approval to move that on your behalf. Um, and in Solidity, the, the reason you can do this, the caller to a function that, or the, the sender to a function is always the exact contract that called it. So if what happened is they set an approval on this NFT contract to move, you, you're letting this NFT contract access your USDC access your MIM, access your DAI to mint this NFT. When you then don't clear out that approval, that contract can still move an unlimited amount of that ERC-20 token based on that approval. So it won't um, it won't affect any of the other contracts that you've set approvals on. So if you're, you know, if you farmed or anything like that where you've, you've set an approval, that approval is per, it's per contract. So the specific approval you need to revoke is the data DAO part token NFT. Um, that's the one that's that is you know when anyone makes a request through the hack to this contract to move USDC on behalf of anyone who made an approval, the USDC token, the mem or USDC contract, mem or die contract will let that happen because the person granted approval for an unlimited amount of that token to be moved on their behalf by that contract. Yeah, and it's unrecked.hyperjump.fi, not unrecked.fi. Oh, Apologies. you know what, guys? Uh, one that doesn't get talked about a lot that I've been using that is freaking amazing. I just put the, the link in. Go to FTM scan and go to miscellaneous and then click on token approvals. It's actually the the quickest one that I've seen because for whatever reason on on, on uh, the hyperjump one, when I when I batch reject, 
it, which does tend to time, it like freezes up my MetaMask. I don't know why I can't seem to get past it. So um, I just went on uh, FTM scan and put in my wallet address and it, it pulled them all up. You connect it and ding, ding, ding. And it's good practice, guys. Honestly, if you've never done this, I suggest taking a couple hours going in there. Just revoke every approval you have, right? This will not affect your farming positions. It will not affect anything. It'll just take the approval away for those contracts to be able to spend your ERC-20 tokens. And then when you return to that contract that you're still active with, you're just going to have to do an approval again. Like it'll take you 10 seconds and then, but you know, it's, it's, it's a good one. And the, the other thing I wanted to point out is I think unlimited approvals became more of a thing because of Ethereum, because the approval transaction is so expensive. Um, so it's not really as necessary on Phantom to set unlimited approvals for things, especially for an NFT token. Like if you're going to be using a farm or something like that, that you're using all the time and you're transferring USDC all the time, maybe set an unlimited approval on that. If you're minting an NFT using a stable coin, don't set an unlimited approval because there's no reason that that NFT needs to transfer an unlimited amount of your USDC, like a, a thousand USDC or whatever, you know, they have limits on the number of tokens you can mint usually and things like that. So that it doesn't make sense to set an unlimited approval. So I would look out for for contracts that don't need it, sending an unlimited approval as a flag. And then you can, um, you know, developers on Phantom can start making changes to do that because it's not as necessary as on Ethereum. To, uh, to Jay Task's comment, thank you, Jay, for pointing that out. You're absolutely right. Go to DBank first, put your wallet in, see all the open farms and pools that you're currently participating in. Liquid Driver, unfortunately, does kind of close it out. It won't show your position. You just have to click approval again. It'll approve it and it'll open back up and show your position. So okay. thank you for pointing that out. That could freak some people out if you hadn't mentioned that. Quick question yeah. to you guys. Is it good practice every once in a while to just go on Unwrecked and just get rid of all your approvals? That's what I do. 100% I of think all so. Of I just saw mine and it was kind of scary. So, like 11 <clears throat> if you do DJing shit, yes. If yeah. you invest well, in new projects, then yes. If you're if you like if all you've ever done is interact with like spooky, then it's probably not critical to clear it out all the time. But if you are, you know, approving things all the time, because the thing is, is one of those contracts that you've approved could have a vulnerability in it that just hasn't been exploited yet. Mm -hmm. um, and they might just be waiting for the, the people who've set approvals to have enough USDC or whatever it is to, to run the exploit. So just because it hasn't happened yet doesn't mean that there isn't an exploit <clears throat> on the contracts you've approved. I get yeah. rid of all the approvals just so that when I look at it at a glance, right, it doesn't get mishmashed in with my legitimate ones. If I have a thousand approvals sitting in there, I'm going to have a hard time combing through all of that to say, okay, these are all accurate. That's where Phantom Scan, I think, does show well and debank as well because they tell you specifically this is the contract here's the name of the contract and if you see a name that you know like beavis i was getting pissed at you the other day because i was revoking approvals and some of your crypts don't aren't labeled on ftm scan because you were just pumping them out real quick i think it was oxdow ones uh and oh. uh it just showed the contract address and i'm like oh malicious get rid of it and then i saw the rf token i'm like oh no <laughs> it's just beavis all right let's keep going uh, so I saw a site, I was, I was combing through the Phantom Foundation Twitter as I do before these shows just to kind of like, you know, make sure that we caught all the, all the cool shit. And there's a project called Weave Financial. And essentially what they have is they have a drag and drop builder that allows you to put together a farming strategy. Now it farms using Spirit and Spooky and, and the farms that we know of. 
And it will create a smart contract based upon the drag and drop and basically automate your farming strategy, right? So uh, I have $100 farming on Spirit Swap. I want to sell 50% of that to USDC and keep it in my wallet. The other 50%, I want to buy more Spirit and Phantom and put it back in there. And you can basically, from what I could tell, you could automate this. Now, being a non-security or technical-minded uh, person, I, my question is, you know, I would guess that there there may potentially be some security things to look out for in something like this, but I don't know. It sounds a lot like Donkey Finance, but they allow you to actually custom create it. Like does anyone have combo. any? This is you know, this is Furu Combo. I think it's just batching transactions for you. Well, but if I don't, it is don't. deploying a contract, then it's. I mean, that's sort. That's what PaintSwap does with the. Um, they have like a, a factory to create different NFT contracts so that if people want to deploy their own collection, they can deploy a contract through their contract factory. So if it's something like that, it doesn't necessarily mean that there's a security risk unless there was a security issue with the, the con underlying contracts. Um, and when you're like customizing it, you're probably just like, I'm totally speculating because I haven't seen this, but it's probably just passing in different parameters to a constructor or to a function. Or like Justin said, just like batching transactions or something like that. So it doesn't necessarily mean that there's a security, uh, additional security risk outside of what you might normally see. So now another thing that they're going to offer, which is what brought Donkey Finance. I say Donkey because they put a hyphen in it. I should have said Donkey. It would make a lot, you know, Donkey Finance. Who's Anyhow, Don? Uh, they they have like Solder. copy trading, right? So so people will come on and they'll put their best farming strategies in there and you deposit and they'll essentially execute that farming strategy for you, which is similar to this. And they're also going to have some some copy farming as well. So anyhow, I just thought that was cool. I wanted to share with you guys. Weaved out financial. I don't know how legit they are. I make no guarantees about the site, nor the smart contracts. Just thought it was cool. Okay. All right. We have a new government's proposal, which is one that I want to talk about for a second, because so uh, dropping it down to 100K Phantom would still keep us in the roughly $200,000 to run a validator node uh, range, which is high. I mean, it's high for like any network unless it's ETH or like BSC, which requires, you know, your firstborn and some blood. Um, but so here's what I think has prevented many more validators from cropping up on the network has not just been the barrier to entry with the amount of phantom it takes, but that's part of it, but also the high yields uh, possible within phantom DeFi and the inability to extract that liquidity once it's locked up. I think those two things have made running a validator node less attractive to people that know how to navigate the DeFi ecosystem, myself included, right? I would love to do an FTM alerts validator just to support the network, but to take a million dollars and lock it up at a very, very low APY when that million dollars can easily earn a lot more elsewhere doesn't, you know, it just is not terribly appealing to a DeFi ape. Uh, what do y'all think about that? Yeah, it's, it's just like, <laughs> it's not a great value, but it is, it's a great value for Phantom as a whole. It's just not like a great individual value. Um, so it's like, if it costs all of your money to open a validator, there's no reason mm -hmm. to do it. But now that this governance proposal proposal is out there, you know, we the bite maces are talking about, oh shit, we should run a validator yeah. now because we're not right. like loaded by any means. But you know, for 100 or 200 k, like we're getting a lot of phantom incentives. We would mm -hmm. love to reinvest that in like the decentralization and quality of the network. It's just 500 k. It's like, bro, that's like 
Dude. It's a lot. <laughs> it's, it's seven figures, dude. So I'm I'm of that same school of thought. Like, I mean, I would run a phantom validator not for the rewards necessarily because they're not huge, but for the support of the network. Um, and just yeah. knowing that FTM Alerts has a validator that is supporting the network, I think would be valuable, right? So um, I hope that goes through. I think it's going to yeah, go through too. because Roosh yeah. voted on it and that's all you need to get something pushed through. <laughs> so, uh, all right, let's, <laughs> let's keep this yeah. going. The other thing I thought was interesting about that, though, is the I saw part of the Phantom Foundation roundtable, and they were talking about um, part of the reason they're they're slowing down the scaling up is just to make sure that the network can mm -hmm. handle that that many validators, and they want to run more tests and go a little slowly mm -hmm. to be safe. But dropping it down to 100k would would make it a lot more accessible. You know, that's 80 percent drop in the the staking fee. I think, and I I. You know, low, continuing to lower the staking requirements for a validator will increase decentralization. Um, they also do need to get the SnapSync stuff released before mm -hmm. any of this can happen, or it's just unrealistic for people to be running uh, validator nodes. You need like two and a half terabytes of NVMe drives now to Damn. Probably, probably three terabytes soon. So, FUSD will not. solve a lot of the. Uh, capital efficiency problems as well, um, because if you're able to unlock that capital and uh, participate in the the greater Phantom ecosystem, then right um, that that is like okay, now running a validator makes sense because I can take that FUSD and farm yield with it, um, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, so I'm excited to see what the next six months bring brings uh, on the Phantom side of things, uh, but. Yeah, it's it is uh, finally like it, it feels really good that normal people can get in on running validators now. Yeah, that's Hello. what I've been hearing that like Oops. a lot of people can just kind of like they're talking about if this passes, I'm gonna start a validator. I'm gonna start a validator because yeah. you you mentioned the USD value. I'd pay attention to more to the Phantom value, right? Like 100k yeah. Phantom is achievable for a lot of people. So yeah. that's it's wonderful, to be honest. So, Kilo. Uh, Phantom is not a fork of Phantom. Uh, it's a fork of Olympus Ohm. Um, so Ohm. the Ohm the Ohm forks are having a tough time at it right now. The rebase tokens don't tend to do well in the bearish sentiment markets. They tend to be some of the first ones sold. But um, I, when you say at risk of enforcement, I really don't know what you mean by that. Um, I'm assuming that goes back to our original topic from this from earlier in the show but if you want to clarify a little bit i have spoken to the doc uh from phantom i did a uh, podcast with him and prometheus from hector and hovo from uh from exodia and uh also we had uh <clears throat> we had mace pop on there as well from Wagme, which i think is being absorbed by exodia but um but yeah i, I liked the guy i thought he was great and i, I can't really speak mace any more pop. on it than that so old mace dog all right all right. And there there all are right. authorized Olympus forks also, but that doesn't mean that they're doing any sort of taking authorized that. to go to zero. Are there? Are there really though? I mean, yeah, that's what. Uh, I mean, this came up the other day because like there's Phantom DAO or whatever. I thought was thought might be sketchy, and then got banned from their Discord for asking about topics <laughs> and stuff. But then they turned out to apparently not be sketchy, and they're an official Olympus DAO fork on Phantom or something. So. They do have yeah. like as far, I do think Olympus has like official friendly forks or whatever, but they're not like suing people for 
um, forking or going after them or anything. As far as All I know. Right. Yeah. All right. I talked with the pocket guy, RGR19. I talked with him in Miami for uh, a while. It's uh, Pocket is cool. Uh, their tokenomics are a little bit outdated and scary, but uh, it's a good idea. They should start making phantom nodes for sure. Supplement All update right. is just elderberry, vitamin D, zinc, vitamin C, and fish oil. <laughs> I, ran out of, I ran out of my lion's mane. Uh, pseudoscience drops. Psilocybin. So my pseudoscience level is no, not psilocybin. Pseudoscience. <laughs> Can we talk about Solidex for a minute, man? So, no. so we have. Well, we need to because we have convex over on the ETH side. You know, which anyone can just go Google convex. You'll learn what it's about. But on, on this side, we have Solidex, which is essentially com you know bringing together a lot of the VE. Uh, three three NFT holders, uh, which they're basically like they're really bringing a lot of that voting power into one place. And from what I read, I mean they've built this from the ground up, and they have uh, help me out here. They got multi chain. They have who else? Tomb. Yearn. Yearn. They got Geist. They got, they got Geist. Ren. I don't know if Tomb. I may have misspoken. Oh, they got no, Ren. They have Ren and they have Curve. So that's and five they got curved. So these are like major, major, major DeFi pillar protocols that have all joined together under the SolidX brand to basically bring their voting power together, which should have a lot of benefits to people interacting with on their platform. But I don't know. I, but I did think it was worth mentioning because I think we're going to see a lot from the SolidX crew here. Yeah, they already got a large percentage of the voting power for Solid. So like as of right now, it's... They're they're pretty big, I would say, and uh, I like how you said branding for Sodex. How come you didn't say sex partners? Oh, sex. Like yeah, they call them. Push. Do they call them sex workers or what do they call they, them? No, sex no. Partners. <laughs> sex sex partners. Uh, uh, shit, man. All right, somebody's probably gonna be mad at me for saying look, sex. Look worker at their the medium. It says making sex work for you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I love it, but I also am like, uh oh, it's, it's uh, cool. I like the project. Um, and yeah, like you said, it's all like brand new code. It's not. It's similar to Convex, but it's not like you. It, these are different. Uh, these are NFTs, right? Like the the VE solid NFTs. You can't. It's not necessarily the same thing as Convex, but it's a Convex style built ground up. And clearly, they got some support um, from big hitters, like big projects. Yeah. So I'm I'm. Curious I think there's going to be a big play there. Is my is really what I want to drive at. You know, Convex was a big play on Ethereum, and I think SolidX is going to be a big play on Phantom. Let's we'll see what happens. Anyhow. <laughs> Let's talk about there's NFTs for a second. Work. There's people, Sorry. I've gotten emails from people on Ethereum and other networks who noticed that I contributed to uh, Solidly, which I thought was interesting because it means that people from other networks were looking at the Solidly uh, GitHub repo. Well, you missed out on a couple hundred thousand dollar bug bounty, didn't you? Like, didn't you kind of fix something that got paid out to someone else? Or no, how did that no, work? We no, no, we didn't. We just. Uh, Sandwich and I were contributing code. We like converted the VE token from Viper into Solidity and then worked on some things. But then I think it was maybe Yearn and Spooky. I don't know who the devs were, but some some people found the potential um, uh, a way to. I think it was get rewards twice, or I don't I don't totally remember what it was, but that was a different part of the the code base. So well, speaking of sandwich, good segue. Thank you. Are Perfect. NFTs booming on Phantom Sandwich is a paint swap dev, by the way, and paint swap is 
far and away the leading NFT marketplace on uh, Phantom right now. I just have a lot of respect and love for those guys and what they've put out. What, what's the NFT space doing? I see some stuff on Twitter. I've seen some like analytics on it, but what's actually happening? Maybe some people throwing their weight a little bit, trying to jumpstart it. But but keep in mind, this is like sentiment over all chains. Like obviously, Phantom it, it soared yesterday, or not yesterday, the first to third highest uh, uh, NFT volume. I don't know if you guys have checked DeFi Llama. They integrated like pretty much the big chains in terms of NFTs. And it was just curious to see Phantom jump that high uh, in comparison to others. It was just a big change. But if you look at the total overall volume, I think it's 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 dropped like 50, 60 percent since that day. So, I mean, for everyone. Right. But it's interesting, like how the sentiment around NFTs work. Like uh, I, I love my NFTs. I love my pictures. I love them pumping in price. But um, <laughs> I, I, I'm sure a lot of you guys can feel the energy of it's. These NFTs, these ERC 721s, that's not what it's going to be anymore. We're going to go into the financial stuff, and I'm not, sh- I'm not sure how long they can uh, kind of hold well, on with that I, energy. I think that is part of what you're seeing on Phantom, though, right? Like two of the the big projects that blew up were paint swaps, DRDs, NFTs, and then Spookies, Magic Cats, and I think mm-hmm. part of the reason those have gotten so much activity is because they're both tying them into the um, protocols. You know, Spooky is doing, I think, boosted farms and then PaintSwap is doing revenue sharing from the marketplace. Um, and then there's other NFTs that are doing, starting to do similar type utility stuff. Um, but a lot of it is sort of is coming back to financial NFTs. And, you know, I think that's um, that's something that PaintSwap's working on is is probably supporting more of the financial NFT space because right now it is more focused on art um, and, and the way that you sort of, the way that you would approach that is different. Um, you, maybe you do want some graphics, but you're you're kind of wanting to sort by numbers and you know see see completely different data, even though it's still an NFT. And I think that's something that's also worth mentioning is that it, you know NFTs are uh, is a pretty generic term for a type of token that can represent lots of different things. So it can be finance, it can be art, it could point to metadata, it can be on-chain, off-chain, whatever. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think it's 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 definitely, it's. I don't know if it's like somebody trying to kickstart uh, Phantom NFTs, because I think there's been far too, many, too much activity on the, the marketplace overall for it to be like one person doing it, but, um, and just across all the networks. So I think that's also something you see when, when the market is volatile, people kind of, or, or people are less interested in doing DeFi because it's more volatile. They're um, starting to play more with NFTs. It looks like I'm yeah. uber bullish on the tech underlying it, especially with spending time for, with Rob from Revest at um, BTC Miami, and just just seeing the. Uh, it's not just like one use case. It's like okay, here's the tech, and everyone has a new way in which this tech could be used. Like everyone you talk to has got a new direction they can take this, and that's the shit that's exciting. Is like the infrastructure part of it, you know? Yeah. Um, all the NFT stuff, all the NFT tech is happening on Phantom right now because Ethereum is just too expensive gas wise um, to be doing all of the calculations and all the storage needed to make NFTs that useful because the nature of NFT as as a financial instrument is it's a key to a mapping you know and uh that means lots of storage lots of metadata and that just can't happen on ethereum and right now between byte masons solidly spooky swap 
paint swap, revest, all this shit is happening on Phantom. Um, and like, you know, that's why we're number one, baby. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we're, we're like, we uh, are generating SVGs on chain now, uh, our team for our upcoming uh, reliquary. Uh, we're doing like a bunch of crazy, crazy stuff. Uh, and it's all, it's all NFTs all the way down. Yeah, what, and I thought it's funny. I, I, I can't remember if I mentioned this, but I, I've been showing mouse the project I'm working on, but I copied some of the mouse code into solidly. So there's just, there's like an art project NFT in solidly. Yeah. My girlfriend sent me pictures of magic cats. Now Erie gave her a magic cat because I spent all Saturday working on ox Dow. And now she just, Browses paint swap and sends me pictures of her favorite magic cats. Oh, <laughs> dude, your so. girlfriend's so sweet, man. She was so nice when I got to meet her. Dude, she was such a fangirl to to me in twenty four. I thought it was so it was so cool. I, yeah. I also do want to. I want to say, like, I am I am impressed with Purple BTW's commitment to hating on Portal Heads. He's oh, been yeah. doing that for like six months nonstop, which is. <laughs> You gotta hand it to somebody that, with dedication, you know. I all know, the people like, who are all the people who troll me the most on Twitter and say the most vitriolic things have portal head avatars. I will say that. <laughs> well, the problem is they don't know that, that I spent like. Ages well, you know what? There's also we also have the most that, so portal heads. Also has the most holders on of any NFT on Phantom. So statistically, you're more likely to see that, I guess. Boom. Oh my God! Can we move on, please? This is hot. I want to say something about Purple. He 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 floods everything, even his own bags. That's the yeah. He's hilarious. We love you, bro. I'm impressed. It's been I I think I mentioned this to um. It's like totally a tangent, but I stayed in an Airbnb in Spain like a really long time ago, and it was ended up being terrible. It was supposed to be a two bedroom. I ended up having to sleep on a little pad behind a refrigerator in like a little crevice. And anyway, we got into a fight with this guy. And he like, <laughs> and he had a portal heads avatar. Okay. Stuff. And then he, 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 I like ended up, this is why I don't have a WhatsApp account. Somehow he got my WhatsApp account canceled. But then like eight years later, my wife got a message out of nowhere that was just said like, I hate you bitch. And she was like, Oh my God, it's that guy from Spain. And I was like, <laughs> I'm actually impressed now. It's been like eight years and somehow he just, it just like popped into his mind. And I was like, I'm sorry that you got that message, but at this point, like, I got to hand it to him. Like, that's like <laughs> to being upset about something. Eight years, my God! All right, we a real unfortunate event happened yesterday, and I don't care what chain it happens on. I hate seeing stuff like this. There was a big. Uh, it, it's not an exploit called wormhole. Was it the bridge is called wormhole, right? Yeah. And there was a huge double sharp. Can you explain what happened here? I know that you were looking into it yesterday. Yeah. And I actually, I was wrong about, I got it wrong when I first started looking into it. So I was just looking at the Ethereum side, but the exploit was actually on the Solana side in a Rust contract. And since simple, like Rust is one thing I've learned is I sort of knew a little bit about Solana and from reading some of the, the, Posts and stuff about it. I've learned that lots of people think that Solana's architecture is just kind of weird. Like everything is a contract function. Every function, it's and, nutty. Um, and then, so basically, what they they did is they the contract that's supposed to verify signatures. They didn't make sure that it was actually the right signature or right contract to validate it. So on the Solana side, it just didn't validate any any signatures. Um, so they were able to deposit. 120,000 ETH or whatever or WE into their um, 
account on the Solana side, and then they just bridged it back to Ethereum and, and were able to pull it out. And Evan's saying the true equals equals true thing, that actually wasn't the exploit. That was um, what people thought it was looking at the Ethereum side, and it was actually zero does not equal zero was the line. It was, um, it was part of the signature checking because people couldn't figure out how they got around the signature checking on the Ethereum side. And the way that they did it is it was a real signature from the Guardians because they saw that there was 120 ETH or 120,000 ETH in this account on the Solana side. So the bridge all worked the way it was supposed to. The exploit was in a, a contract on the Solana side. So I saw somebody, I forget who it was this morning, saying the real takeaway from this is people are now, you know, Solana was kind of bragging. I don't know if they were bragging or people around Solana were bragging at the lack of exploits happening on Solana due to it being written in a different language. But I, you dude, know, I mean, that's security by obscurity, which only lasts. Yeah. So long. You right. remember, you remember like, what I was saying like several episodes ago about Solana. People talk about Rust. It's like, bruh, eventually Rust contracts, Viper contracts, it's all going to get dinkled. And be glad <laughs> that all the dinkling is happening in Solidity and trust that, like, you know, I've talked about like security is like well documented, like how to secure a smart contract. And the more attacks and the more exploits that happen, the more documentation there is for a good developer to read and learn from. And right now there's nothing for Rust. There's not much for Viper. Um, and it's like, dude, just like understand that the more exploits in the long term, the better, the sooner the better, because right now Solidity is so far ahead of the curve because it's been exploited every which way. It's studied all the time. Just like, you know, trust the stuff that people are using. And once once there's enough value stored in these Rust smart contracts uh, and, and once people get tired of Solidity and once Solidity developers like wisen up and stop making exploitable software, uh, Rust is going to get dinkled in the behind. So uh, yeah, I mean, no. it's just it's just a programming language. Like it's it's a it like helps prevent, um, you know, a lot of exceptions that you get in other languages because of how Rust is Rust a good language. Works. It is a and it's a, I really like Rust, but it doesn't. You can still have bugs. It's not perfect. Rust, yeah, it's like you can, can have I... the most secure language ever. Like you can have like, you know, <clears throat> all of the all the considerations. Uh, made and still like one logical error or one, you know, forgetful mistake uh, will get you dinkles, you know? So do you guys remember me mentioning last week that Bebus always has a word of the week, right? He had iterations and, and, and now he has dinkles. dinkles. Uh, it's been three <laughs> weeks in a row. He's brought a new word and I hope you keep doing it because dinkled is amazing. It's one it's of the best. It's a polite way to say, you know, it's a There's polite way to... <laughs> to to you know let people insert their own word for dinkled oh, we know what you I really see. mean <laughs> so all right so just to be clear so there was a, a small part of time where all the ethereum circulating on solana was not backed one-to-one -one, which could have caused mass panic right because you just had a token that wasn't backed but someone jumped in and refilled the coffers to the tune of like 315 million dollars worth of ETH, am I correct in that? And nice pun. They did jump up. in. Jump yeah, trading jump of Chicago. In. Chicago, oh, oh. greatest city yeah, on I, earth. I didn't even, all right, fill me <laughs> in. Who are these guys? What did they do? Jump They're trading like, is an is an algo yeah. trading firm, like a quant firm. They do a lot of market <clears throat> making. I've talked to one of their like dudes 
they're like the cutting edge of highly technical like um algo trading uh and they they're just a massive firm they have a whole DeFi branch they market make a ton with sexes and now dexes um and uh they are like as cutting edge as um as like a corporate ass firm could possibly be and they they fund the DeFi alliance in chicago which is like a lobby group for DeFi, which and like an education and firm and whatnot and uh they're just like um a fabulous weight that's helping like drive uh, a lot of what's happening on ethereum them and people like them um but they're just absolutely massive super smart um you know they hire some of the smartest guys in, in the whole world so uh it's really really cool to see them just jump in and i wonder like i wonder what that conversation was like you know um but uh i imagine i imagine they're going to pay the 10 million dollar bounty uh on the funds and uh hopefully get those um back into their router or whatever the hell um or they'll probably go so? right to jump trading or something you think the exploiter is going to return all of that back yeah, yeah. Lost they, I mean, money. they said they'll for ten million dollars they will uh, return everything. And it, it, like they, no, they, no, no, that, no, no, that no, was, no, that was, uh, that was wormhole. Wormhole, wormhole said million. we're offering you a ten million dollar bounty to the guy that took off. Oh, wormhole said that something million. Yeah, I don't think the money. Yeah. Ouch! <laughs> <laughs> I thought yeah, the exploiter. I was like, why is the exploiter sharing like a corporate ass email? <laughs> oh God. Dude. <laughs> no. Oh, ouch. No. What did they do with no, the money? Have they washed it already? For some reason, I thought that was the exploiter. It's I think 315 million, so it's going to be, it's going to take a while. That's going to be difficult. Mm. Damn, it's just going to sit in a wallet dormant forever. Wow. Mm. Wow. Well, take that bounty, dude. Take two, $10 million? You, dude, you need at most like $200,000 to be happy, you know? $10 million, you can freaking buy a house or some shit. Take it, hacker. Help us. Help us out. So, all right. I want to talk about bribing for a second because that is a very interesting little thing that's popping off now on the Phantom Chain. So we know that the Spirit guys are going to be launching their bribing system for InSpirit soon. And now Beats uh, kind of unofficially started encouraging projects to bribe the weekly gauge voting. And so it was actually Jeffrey. We all love Jeffrey. Uh, anyone ever seen Get Him to the Greek where they have a they have a joint that they call the Jeffrey? I don't know why I always think about that when I hear his name. But anyhow, let's keep going. Um, so there, he put out like, hey, if anyone wants to bribe, just like airdrop to everyone that votes for your gauge. Um, and one ring came out and said, hey, uh, we've got like 15,000 USDC and 5,000 ring tokens that will airdrop to everyone that, that votes for our gauge. So I don't know. I think this is pretty interesting little dynamic that we have going on, but even more so, do you guys see Beethoven shaping up like it is? Like it's turning into something, something nice. Uh, and we've been saying it. We've been saying it, I know, but I want to know, are the people at home seeing this happening? Like they're going to be a player. They're going to be a player. Uh, it's the best tech that. on Phantom. It's better <laughs> tech than Solidly. It's literally one of the best exchanges ever devised. And it's way more efficient on Phantom than it is on Ethereum. And they're able to route way more trades through way more pools because of gas costs. It's literally like, bruh, if you're not using Beethoven, what are you doing? 
Mm. You know, you're hopefully using Firebird, and they're routing through <clears throat> Beethoven. But uh, yeah, it's like you can uh, pair swap now to take speed. Like yeah, they have to swap. because of the it's the best. Like on Phantom, at least in terms for a lot of the trades. Yeah, it's like with a fraction of the liquidity of a Uni V2 clone, Beethoven is able to settle trades way cheaper. And it's like, you guys, you need to get on that tip. We need Beethoven to be like literally. We need Beethoven to be successful so it sticks around forever because it's yeah. awesome. Enough said. And, and Austin, it's... you're talking about the effect on um, on the uh, on beats, but have you seen the project that did it? Their chart went crazy just from um, bribing, right? So projects should look into getting into the beats pools, maybe making an 80, 20 percent at a one percent swap fee. You get crazy APR um, bribe for even more rewards and then clearly there's good positive action on on price action so it's a it's it's a no-brainer to me if you're a new project you gotta think where where am i gonna launch on yeah mm -hmm. all right yes i love it let's keep it going so we have one more topic that i think is going to uh you know oh i'm going to dinkle on beats oh <laughs> it's so good <laughs> Can somebody tell me about the Grim Evo airdrop? And and I know a lot of people were just pissed off, right? They were just like really mad about what happened here. Grim so Evo, uh, Double Sharp, I know you've been in their Discord, kind of like checking it out. Can you can you give us the lowdown on what went down here? Yeah, I mean, I don't. Again, like I don't know too much. I know like you know the history of uh, there was the exploit on Grim. There was the function that was added that let people withdraw all of the tokens from their vaults for like 30 something million dollars. Uh, my understanding is the compensation plan was for people who lost under um, a few hundred dollars to get paid back in USDC. And then people who lost over that amount uh, were getting compensated with this Grim Evo token, which I think is a, a one to 10 ratio from the Grim token. Um, some people were upset because it was a 10th of their, the amount that they lost. And I saw people were upset that it was, um, you know, some of the people who got who lost less but got paid back in USDC and actually ended up more with more. I, I'm not totally clear on like how the token works. I know it shares in some sort of platform um, fees, but I don't know what those are exactly. And they mentioned like game five, but I'm not really sure how that generates revenue. So I'm not totally clear on um, like how this works towards the compensation because um, I think it would it would. I mean, it still seems like it would be a really long time. And part of the strategy here is holding this token so that it would be worth more later, which was what people were already doing to begin with. Now they just have a tenth of what they used to have. So I understand why people would be upset. On the other hand, I don't know exactly how Grim was supposed to give them $30 million. So it's sort of... Uh, okay, so Mr. McFlunday is saying the Evo token is only step one. So it sounds... So like my brother-in-law lost money in the grim hack he actually lost a big sum and he told me that he got roughly you know at usd equivalent like 10 percent or something in the grim evo airdrop which he was you know he's he's a good sport like he wasn't you know tripping over it but i so the purpose of grim evo is not like you've gotten an airdrop now go dump it on the market and recoup your losses it's hold on to it for a potential revenue share down the road am i correct in that that's my understanding but i'm not clear on exactly i i saw something about 50 percent revenue sharing but i don't know what that means exactly so it's like uh all i mean i haven't looked at the contracts but i've seen enough of these tokens to know what's going on it's basically like imagine xboo 
Um, and basically over time, they're going to add collateral uh, backing this token. And uh, eventually you'll probably be able to redeem one for one in like, you know, two, three years uh, if Grimm is successful. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it, they're like, it's fine. Like people pissed off. It's like, you know, one, you took on the risk and two, at least they're trying, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, if it takes years to get your uh, principal back, then that's way better than just being at a total loss. And you need to understand that that is the alternative. Like most other teams would have just like quit. Um, but I, now I do you think, have I mean, that said, as a message to the Grim team, they could be they could do a little bit better customer service in their discord. Uh, this ultimately was their responsibility. Like it was their code that lost everybody money. I know that people like, you know, do their own research and people knew risks and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, like they released code that had an exploit in it and they're not exactly always being the friendliest to people. I would recommend like maybe being a little understanding that you released some code that lost $30 million. I mean, like, okay, one guaranteed they have PTSD from the event Two. Like they're this, probably burnt this out. This goes as well. back before the hack, though, too. Like I, I know, I've, I know. I and, like but that's like things. you're 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 paying. Like people are, are wondering, like, oh, what, grim less fee, and it's like that's what you're paying for. It's like, like nothing, nothing. Their business model hasn't changed. It's yeah. like you know they are the cheaper option, and that extra money get pays for extra engineers, which pays for more service. And if you're paying less, then you just need to accept that, you know. They haven't run away with the money, one, which is like the biggest, like most absolutely beautiful thing about it. And you just need yeah. to like sit tight, understand that they're hurting, understand that they're like putting their freaking nuts in a guillotine to do this yeah. for you because they could easily just rinse everything out and start again under different aliases um, and just like sit tight um, and, you know, it wish for their success because their success will eventually get you paid back. Um, and that's, wanting like the most ultimate service ever when these people are like busting their asses, trying to develop architectures to pay you all back. It's like, I get it. Like service could be better, but like you went to the <clears throat> no service DGen cheap option, you know, right. like don't, don't expect target when you go to Walmart. <laughs> Um, and not to say I even like Target, uh, shout out to the ladies out there, uh, but, um, you know, it's like, just have realistic expectations and know that they're fucking busting their asses, having PTSD, getting yelled at all the time, getting freaking people up their asses a million different ways, and just, like, think, think. Yeah, I mean, I, I that's, that's actually sort of a... a probably a better way of summing it up. I think like everyone involved probably needs to like, just, I would like to see everyone like calm down a little bit. That's my general sentiment over everything is just leave them alone. Just leave them alone and let them freaking do what they are doing. They said they were going to do it. They're doing it. They're not running away. They've got big old balls and just let them freaking do their thing. They're not the they're not the service company. They're not bite mason. They're not gonna freaking be, you know, holding your balls every five seconds in the general chat. You know, um, they're not making enough money to hire a billion customer service guys, and all their customer service guys probably have PTSD too from you guys freaking trying to kill them for like weeks. So just 
everybody chill out is what I have to say. If anybody like watches this, like literally give the Grim guys a, a, a damn break. And they're dealing with the Harry Yay shit. They're just getting like like yeah, they are getting lot. dinkled. Like they're they're it's like the great dinkling of the Phantom Network. Um and you all need to freaking be happy that they have not run away from this. And freaking yeah. be supportive of them because if you are not and they get burnt out and they can't execute on their visions, then you're freaking ding donged. Yeah, you're screwed. You're, gonna, you're, you're screwed. dinkling yourself at that yeah. point. <laughs> I mean, that, that is sort of, I mean, that's the like flip side of it too. It's like, I, I can't see it from the Grum team's perspective of it does get frustrated when people constantly come in and just put that stuff. Laughing. But uh, if you, uh, if, if you if you were part of the exploit, like you're saying, I mean, if you do just like look at it objectively, like there's not like yelling in a Discord isn't going to get you to magically have money back right, in your wallet. So, years. Like it's the the best thing to do is like for the Grim users to be constructive and like making it work. I think the Grim team can like be a little bit more understanding when people are upset about this and like yeah. maybe help work with them. But like you're saying, I mean, I guess people maybe maybe did kind of know what they were getting involved with, but. Well, don't forget, and this kind of goes for everything that we're going through right now. Don't forget there are unfortunate events that happen, which suck, and real human beings behind it. And, you know, there are a lot of people that are like on a drive to discover the truth behind whatever. And, you know, whatever the truth is behind the grim exploit, I don't I don't know. But I do know that, like Justin said, they're still here. They're doing their best to make an amends for what appears to be an unamendable situation. Um, and, you know, they should be they should be commended. Right. Man, I'm not good with my words today. They should be commended for still being here and at least making an attempt. You know, and I, yeah. I've been yep. I've been a part of a, a couple of exploits and I've been a part of a couple of crashed seniorage platforms. And I can tell you that regardless of any stink I may or may not have made in the discord, which I didn't, but other people did, uh, it wasn't going to change anything. All it was going to do is stress me out more. So the quicker I could come to terms with the unfortunate situation and, and, you know, became a positive force, uh, the quicker my life got easier. And so at the end of the show, I just kind of want to reflect back on, you know, we talked about a lot of stuff. We, uh, I know that everyone on here did their best to, in the most neutral way possible, share about a topic that has really, really, angered parts of our community um and, and you know what i'm hoping and i realize there are growing pains no matter what when when money's involved when growth is involved there's going to be growing pains and i'm not naive enough to think that when we are you know multiples of our current size that we're going to be able to maintain that small community feel but i i will tell you guys that you're you know i believe that our words have energy and whatever we put out in the world, that's going to attract other people to either fight against it or react in the same way or, or whatever the case is. I mean, it, there was a study, you guys have probably seen the study in Japan where the guy had the, the jars of water and he put tape on them with words. And one said, I hate you. And one said, you know, I love you. And the I hate you broke up all the crystals and the I love you had perfect crystals. Like it was really the energy essentially mess up the water Dude, right i'm, I'm the screwing heck? up explaining it but this is the reality <laughs> i like, thought beyond... i was mr pseudoscience no, i mean this isn't really pseudoscience <laughs> i mean this is like actual this is what happens right the world is i know i've seen so, that it's it's nutty but, the world is but, so nutty the universe is freaking crazy <laughs> we're all getting dinkled all the time man but 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 <laughs> to get to, to get the smallest amount of dinkling possible uh be kind 
And remember that there are people behind the avatars. And you know, if, you, if you're going to engage in, in debates, engage in factual debates uh, without name calling and you know, without, without name calling. Be freaking <laughs> kind. Be freaking yeah. kind. Grit, like, like literally, <laughs> grim haters, relax. All right? I relaxed. <laughs> Just relax. That's great. Just let them do their thing. They're doing, they're doing what hundreds of DeFi teams in the past didn't have the nuts to do. They're nope. sticking around. And just fucking relax and support them. And like and subscribe and comment on all of their YouTube content. All right? And play the <laughs> grim game. And if you can get past the scorpions that jump up, if you can get past that level, then hit me up and tell me how. All right? Enough said. Yo, uh, Justin, is Target really better than Walmart? I, that's been on my head. And a lot of beauty products. Target, and they give women like $36,000 credit limits for no reason. Uh, but I would say uh, like uh, a Kroger. <laughs> Only women? You know, I mean... Is that yes, real? dude. Yes. Have you talked? Have you talked to your wife about Target? I don't know. She might like be like. I don't know. She loves Target. But, exactly. You know. uh, but um, you know, I'm more of a Kroger guy. I'm more of like uh, a Safeway sort of fellow. Uh, you know, it is ten ten thousand boo, dude. Is this guy? Rich, bro. His yeah, his children are not starving. They just did a spotlight on him. The Phantom Foundation did. We all know Tweak. Who's What's Tweak? Up, Tweak? Uh, Glad you're here, him dude. a little bit. Oh, he's cool, man. He's all over Twitter. Tweak. Yeah, Tweak. Tweak's, Tweak's very what cool. What does he do? He's, he tweaks. He's very cool. He's a he's cycle, 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 cycle. <laughs> all right, you guys about ready? To, I, I'm sure he did lose it. I, I'm, I'm going to get I'm, surgery to give myself Tourette syndrome. No, he definitely <laughs> lost it, but it's just like pain between the jokes a little bit. But yeah. I laugh so I don't cry. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us for this crazy-ass episode. Hopefully, this was helpful and enlightening to you guys. If not, I apologize. We'll do better next George. week. Uh, yeah, join us next week. Catch you all later. Bye. later. Bye. Peace.